0: some good worship, huh? Can we just give them one more round of applause? I love our worship team. Ooh. Oh, The one who just sang gratitude, her name is Brooklyn, for those of you who don't know her. She's like 17 years old. Uh, and she's actually started to do a little internship with me, so I get to be real mean to her. It's pretty awesome. But honestly, I don't ever tell her this. I probably should, but she really is a gift. You know that? Brooklyn, you are a gift. She truly is so gifted. I love it. Worship was awesome this morning. I love our worship team. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jacob. I'm one of the pastors here. I have the privilege of leading worship. Um, So super proud of that worship team. Man, what a privilege it is to be up here this morning. I've been here for five years now. Uh, I know, it's crazy. And I didn't preach my first message until the middle of 2020, I got to speak on worship. uh, And that's, you know, obvious because I love worship. And then uh, in 2021, I was asked to preach a couple of times. And I remember distinctly that first time I was so nervous. And I have this, uh, this, I I do it all the time. I tell you guys what I'm thinking. Like I told you when I first got here that I didn't like Christmas music. (laughs) And I heard that, I still hear it today about how wrong I am. And I told you guys in that moment how nervous I was to preach. Uh, I explained just my distaste for speaking, for preaching in front of people. I'm a musician, right? So like, I like to lead worship. That's the gift God gave me. Uh, And so when you lead worship, you don't really have to speak all that much. You sing. And the very little amount of speaking you actually have to do, we have a guitar in front of you and it protects you from you people. So without the guitar, I'm not protected. Um, So that's why I was so nervous. Uh, So here I am two years after that first message and I actually asked to preach today. So amen, that's right, that's right. So I mean, it better be good, right? (laughs) So I'm sure you're sitting there. You're like, all right, Jacob's up there. We're gonna talk about worship today, right? But unfortunately they ruined the surprise. We're gonna talk about the gospel. The gospel. Um, So I, I honestly struggled trying to figure out what I wanted to preach on today. I I was like trying to figure out what I wanted to preach on, and nothing was coming. So my first thought was family. I have three boys: Jackson, Levi, and Silas. Uh, Silas just turned one. He's he's pretty awesome. I have a beautiful wife, Stephanie. And I love my family. There's nothing more important to me than my family. So I thought, okay, we can talk about family. And then I thought, well, okay, maybe not family. Um, Maybe we could talk about the importance of being a man. And there's nothing more important for a man than to be a great husband and a great father. Uh, Then I was like, I don't really have words for that. So maybe I could talk about the four things I could talk about the four things I say to my boys, uh, almost every day. It's you're valuable. You're a child of the King. You're chosen by him and he loves you. I could talk about that and the importance of that and how that applies to each of us in this room. But then I was like, well, the words just aren't coming. I didn't have any words. I just didn't have anything that was like coming. And so I, I maybe I shouldn't preach, but then I came across this study. The study was called the greatness of the gospel. And I realized that's it. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about Jesus. And everything comes back to Jesus. So Chris Kermode, he's one of our elders. He's sitting right there. He used to tell me all the time. He'd be like, Jacob, I hear you talking about this guy named Jesus all the time. I hear you talking about this guy. I hear Jesus all the time. And I'd be like, good. That's good. I love to talk about Jesus. Jesus leads us. He guides us. Jesus shows us our path, and he gives us the chance to jump and follow. And we can choose to jump and follow, or we can choose not to. So it's always best to jump and follow, right? So admittedly, I'm not just preaching today. I actually have an announcement to make. And really, there's no right or wrong way to do this, though I have been told again and again, don't do it at the beginning of your message because then nobody's gonna listen to the rest of the message, but I chose to do it this way. <laughs> I feel strongly that God is saying to do it this way. So my family and I are moving home. Stephanie and I, our boys, are moving back to Cincinnati. We, uh, we can just sit with that for just a second and then I'm gonna move on because I don't like it sitting in the room. <laughs> so my wife and I, we feel like God is calling us home. We're from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, ten and a half years ago, we got married on an icy, cold Saturday afternoon, and nine days before our first wedding anniversary, we moved to Dallas, Texas. So God was asking us to jump and follow, and so we did. And we were honored to help plant Frisco Vineyard Church. So my wife and I were a part of a, a four-person team that started Frisco Vineyard Church. I was the worship leader, creative, did kind of everything, and Stephanie did our children's ministry. We met in a theater, movie theater for a while, um, and then we moved into another building and had Saturday services for a while. Planning a church is hard. Planting a church is really hard, but God was so faithful. He taught us, uh, Stephanie and I, so much. He, he, we grew immeasurably while we were in Dallas, and it was in Dallas that he gave us Jackson. So Frisco Vineyard Church is now called North Texas Vineyard, and they just bought land to build their first building. So after 10 years, yeah, that's, I think that's huge. So after being in Texas for almost four years, we felt God pulling us back to the Midwest. I say we felt God pulling us, but really Steph felt herself pulling us back to the Midwest. We, uh, all of our family lives in Cincinnati. We had just, uh, had our first child and we realized we wanted to be closer to family as we raised our children. So we moved, um, to Indianapolis, um, we knew that we needed to be closer to uh, family, so we moved to Indianapolis and spent a year as youth pastors. Um, and what a blessing that year was. So much healing was able to take place. As I said, church planting is difficult. It's really, really hard. And I was emotionally and mentally drained uh, and tired. And God, who is so good and faithful, he allowed us to leave rejuvenated. He allowed us to leave Indianapolis rejuvenated. So after eight months of doing youth ministry in Indianapolis, which by the way, at that point, like I started my career as a youth pastor. I was no longer I was no longer cool. Like I couldn't do it. I couldn't relate to the I was I was done being a youth pastor at that point. I realized that they don't like me anymore. So I had to get out. So we started searching for worship pastor positions, worship leader positions, anything with worship. Um that was a challenge for us because we hadn't clearly heard where God was asking us to look. And so we didn't know if it was gonna be Cincinnati, if it was gonna be Indianapolis, if it was gonna be Alaska. I mean, I was ready. I was ready for anything. I was ready to move. Act. We actually had a, a Skype conversation with her family, with her mom, I remember it clearly with her mom and dad, where I told them, I was like, we're gonna look across America for a job. I am gonna be a worship leader. And we stumbled upon this beautiful, awesome position here at Vertical Church. God was so faithful. Yeah. God was so faithful. Um, we actually spent a week, not completely fasting, but for those of you who know me, I pretty much only eat like meat and potatoes. And uh, we, I fasted from meat for an entire week, so I just had potatoes that week. And, and, and God was so faithful, he... He dropped this uh, position. I had a conversation with my, with my former pastor and we were just talking about me moving on and he recognized that worship was where my heart was and he said, you have a job here until you find a position. I went back to my office, I sat down at the computer, I pulled up Indeed and this was the first thing that popped up. So God's, God is super faithful. So what a blessing the last five years has been. God has moved mightily in Vertical Church over the last five years. We're a church who loves to worship and to engage with our creator and father. I have grown as a leader, as a worshiper and communicator. I've been stretched in ways that I never thought possible. Like I remember thinking when I first stumbled upon this position and happened upon Fort Branch, Indiana, I was like, well, this is just a little tiny little thing. I'm gonna be great, it's gonna be perfect. (laughs) <laughs> but I was in for a surprise. It wasn't, it wasn't that. It was a solidified, real experience that God had. He had something really awesome here that I was able to just step into. It stretched me in ways I never thought possible. I've developed long-lasting relationships because God has been so faithful and so good. And it was here in Fort Branch, Indiana, that God gave us both Levi and Silas. So we were actually, Stephanie was pregnant with Levi when we moved here, and we, uh, she delivered him a couple months after we got here, um, and then Silas just a year ago. So such a blessing it's been, but God is asking us to jump and follow, and so we must. We've long known that we would eventually end up in Cincinnati, So Cincinnati is home to us. My wife and I both grew up there. We're both born there. Our families are there. It's kind of like they're on the separate sides. So we have an east side and a west side family. And that's a big deal in Cincinnati. The east side is, you know, the good side, the west side. Yeah, you guys can imagine. I haven't truly valued the idea of moving back to family. When, I, when we left, I told Steph we're never going to live in Cincinnati again. I hadn't truly valued the idea of moving back to family until we had our own family, until we had our boys. And the boys are now at that age where they realize they're not near their family. They'll say things like, if we live next to Grammy and Grampy or Papua and Nana, we could see them every day. I'm here to tell you that's not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, if, if you guys are watching, we love you to death. <laughs> but not every day. They Sometimes they'll recognize, you know, they'll have grandparents stay at school and they'll recognize that their grandparents aren't there or their grandparents can't even come. We love Vertical Church. We always will. I love my worship team. There's, there, I mean, I absolutely love the worship team here. I'm so grateful for each of them. And I know that I haven't gotten to know every single person or develop deep relationships with each of you, but I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for how God has moved in this church and he's moved in your lives. We truly love y'all and we want to say goodbye in the best way possible. So what does that look like? So we're gonna officially end our time on daily staff, meaning like my Monday through Friday coming into the office is going to officially end July 8th and then we're leaving on vacation. We get to go to the beach for a week and then we get to go to the mountains for a little bit and then we'll come back and we'll be back uh, July 20th, sometime around that period. Um, and then we'll, we'll be here until August 14th. So August 14th will be my last Sunday leading worship. So here's the thing over the next two and a half months, I want to connect And be with, we want to connect and be with anyone who wants to. Lunch, dinner, whatever it is, we want to do it. If you want to come over and help us pack, we want that a lot. We really, really want that. We want to talk all about what God has done and all about what he's going to do. So we don't quite know what God is calling us to in Cincinnati. I do not have a job in Cincinnati yet. There are a few churches Um, church jobs out there that we're in the process of interviewing for. um, But we know that God is so good and he's so faithful. And when he asks us to jump and follow, we say, yes. So this next season for Vertical Church and this next season for the Heralds is going to be better than we can imagine. Amen? Amen? So here's the thing. The reason you're told not to do that before you preach a message, um, is because that's all that we're going to think about now. Like we're going to spend the rest of this message. You guys are going to be thinking, well, he's not going to be here. Why do I even have to listen to him? (laughs) I know, I know, but I feel like, I feel like we can do this. Can we do this? I have like 20 minutes. I think I have 20 minutes worth of a message, you know, written, Like I said, the words just weren't coming, so we'll see. But I I think I have 20 minutes worth of a message, and I would appreciate if you guys would just really dig in. Can we do that? All right, look at the person next to you and say, you gotta listen. You gotta listen. There you go, I love it. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you so much. God, you are so good. You are so good and so worthy, Lord. God, I thank you that the Big C Church, that the church as a whole is yours. God, and that you've given us seasons to be in places. You've given us seasons uh, to minister to people, Lord. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And right now, we want to hear about you, about the gospel, about the gift that you've given us called the gospel. We love you, Jesus. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So the gospel, we all heard that word before you can raise your hand if you'd like this is kind of hand raising situation, the gospel. So today we're going to share a few things about the beauty of this gift that God has given us called the gospel or the good news. The word that is translated gospel is a Greek word. And I'm going to say this, but it's not going to be very good. So bear with me. It's something like evangelion evangelion, something like that. It's kind of like evangelist. Anyways, that would have meant a striking, authoritative, joyful announcement, striking, authoritative, joyful announcement of very good news. So what is this good news? I hear you asking. (laughs) It's the joyful announcement that God has intervened for us in our challenging humanness. He stepped in with rescue, with hope, and with restoring power all through Jesus Christ. So the good news is summed up in this all familiar passage from John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Put simply, we needed rescuing and Jesus rescued us. We needed, that's it. We can go home. No, I do have a little bit more. We needed rescuing and Jesus rescued us. That's the gospel. So I want to dive a little bit deeper. I want to touch just a little deeper and then we're going to dive even deeper than that. So two dives. First thing is this, there's, there's three things real quick. The first is this, the gospel is the power of God. Romans 1 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. So the world we live in is full of powers, but the gospel is God's power showing that because of Jesus, the world can be healed. Paul is writing here and he's distinguishing the gospel apart from other powers. He's saying that the gospel is not one power among other powers that could get the job done. It's the singular power of God that is laser focused on getting every job done that salvation has to offer. And the world needs that message. The world needs to know the gospel good news. And right now, people all around us are feeling the loss of hope. Everything we thought was going to save us, the social institutions that we were positive would fix things are failing. And every single day we have new news stories that are negative. And on the flip side, we're told, well, everything's okay. We're okay. They're okay. You're okay. Everyone's okay. But we're not. Suicide rates are rising. People lose jobs, mental health issues are rising, and 2020 showed us that social tensions are at an all time high. But the gospel of Jesus Christ, he addresses each of these issues in lasting and world changing ways. The gospel is what people need to believe in. And Paul lived in the same type of a society that we're living in today, he wasn't ashamed of the gospel. And we can't be either. The gospel is the power of God, and it's for everyone who believes in it. That's right. The gospel is for everyone who believes in it. So we just read the beginning of Romans 1.16. Let's read the rest of it. So it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. This message of good news welcomes everyone who will believe it to access the saving power of God. Simply put, there is no person on planet earth who cannot access the hope of the saving power of Jesus. The gospel is for everyone. Everyone is welcome. I just read an article about a famous musician who in 2017 had a vision of Jesus. She actually saw Jesus in this vision and she since decided to live her life for Jesus. And she was a lifelong Hindu prior to that, had a vision of Jesus, decided to follow Jesus. Justin Bieber, uh, I've never listened to his music, but I know we all know him. He talks about Jesus during his concerts. Kanye West, I do listen to him (laughs) some, you shouldn't though. Um <laughs> Kanye West had Sunday services throughout 2020 and 2021. The gospel is quite literally for everyone. And who needs to hear this good news? Everyone. That's right. The gospel, lastly, the gospel is God's heart revealed. Romans 1 17 says, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. The gospel shows us that Jesus is the perfect reflection of God, of his personality and his perspectives, of his way of making things right for us human beings. It could be said that Jesus himself is the gospel. Jesus himself is the good news of, the, of God revealed. And the gospel is what Jesus came to do, to announce the good news of welcome to everyone, to welcome us into a relationship with the Father and to let his love heal us from the inside out. And the gospel is is what we get to do. We get to announce this good news of welcome to everyone and to offer God's invitation wherever we go. And it's actually our job as Christians to do so, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything he commanded us. The gospel Is the power of God. It's for everyone who believes in it. And the gospel is God's heart revealed. So, those are three things, three quick, kind of easy dives into understanding a little bit about the gospel. But I want to go even deeper. So, the gospel, this good news, this gift from God, truly a gift, two additional ideas today. Number one is this the gospel transforms the gospel transforms. So we're going to read Ephesians three, four through 12. It'll be on the screens. If you have your Bibles, you can pull them out. Ephesians three, four through 12. It says by reading this, you are able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. This was not made known to people in other generations as it is now revealed to his only apostles and prophets by the spirit. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body and partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. This grace was given to me, the least of all the saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of Christ and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. This is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. This is according to his eternal purpose accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him, we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. So Paul is speaking to the Ephesians from a position of one who believes that the gospel is the transformative power to change the world so, there are so many ways that the human heart is transformed. But I think the Bible makes it clear that in relation to the message of Jesus, transformation begins with an invitation from God to experience his love. In verse 6, it said, The Gentiles are co heirs, members of the same body, and partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The gospel forms a circle that welcomes everyone to join in. No matter the shade of our skin or any other cultural differences, all are welcome to move toward the ever-open arms of Jesus. And here at Vertical Church, that has long been a tentpole of ours. Everyone is welcome, right? Everyone is welcome. I remember, amen, come on. <laughs> Everyone is welcome. I remember when we first moved in this building, we, we uh, designed new cards. And right at the top, right in the front, everyone is welcome. We wanted to, actually, we had thought about even uh, putting it on that wall. There's a huge wall. When you walk in, you see the wall in the atrium. It's just this big blank wall. We thought, a stamp, everyone is welcome up there. We never did because it was too hard. But we thought about it. That's right. It's the thought that counts. Everyone is welcome. Imagine that. Imagine it because it's the truth. People from every culture, from every ideology, religion, every possible construct of society are welcome. This is the power of the gospel. There is not one who is, there is not one who is not welcomed home. I couldn't read my own writing there. There is not one who is not welcomed home. I've I've been, I didn't write this down, so bear with me. I've been trying to find a way to help us understand a little bit more about where Paul was coming from. And I didn't write this in the message. I didn't have a good way of fitting it in, but I kind of feel like it works right here. Paul, for those of you who don't know him, he is the author of a lot of the New Testament. Uh, he was very, very smart, very intelligent young man. I assume he was young. Uh, he he had a lot you know, going for him. Before he met Jesus, he was what we call a Pharisee. So he was... Uh, part of the uh, Jews who didn't like Jesus, basically. let just put simply. Paul didn't like Christians so much that he actually would kill them. That was his job. He would go around killing Christians. And there was one moment where he's walking on this road to Damascus where he actually had a vision of Jesus, saw him face to face. And he turned right in that moment, transformed. His life was transformed in that moment and to a Jesus follower. When we say that there is not one who is not welcomed home, we literally mean that. There is not one who is not welcomed home. If Paul was welcomed home, then there is not one who is not welcomed home. Can we say amen to that? I love it. When the heart has a home, when the heart is welcomed, loved, and accepted by the spirit of Jesus, it is open to transformation. Transformation means that one day I was this, and in the very next moment, I was that. I changed. I transformed. I became a new creation. Not just saved, but we were actually given a new heart and a new life in Jesus Christ. I'm the poster child of I was a good kid who didn't need saving. I didn't need Jesus. I'm a pastor's kid, first first and foremost but I didn't follow the pastor kid. You know, most of the pastor kids are bad. (laughs) You know, I wasn't, I was perfect. I was. (laughs) But, But honestly, I like, I never did anything wrong. I never got drunk. I never did drugs. I wasn't addicted to anything, didn't do anything bad, but I was transformed in a moment with him. God gave me identity. I went from a boy who didn't know where I fit in into the world to a man who understood the beauty of faith and trusting in God. I was truly transformed by his love. And I know there are so many in this room right now who are thinking of ways that God transformed their lives and their families in just a moment. And I can, I, I mean, I know, I know the stories in this room. I know the stories of those in second service of lives who've been transformed in a moment. And it's not self-help that these things happen. That's not bad. Those are good. But it's not self-help that these things happen. Transformation is a divine work in the heart that welcomes us to engage with the Father and partner with him in our lives. The gospel transforms. And this transforming power of the gospel, this is point two, is our enduring message to the world. The gospel is our enduring message to the world. Ephesians three, seven through 12. So this is, we read this already. We're going to read it again. This is seven through 12. It says, I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. This grace was given to me the least of all the saints to proclaim to the Gentiles, the incalculable riches of Christ. Other translations say the boundless riches of Christ. We're going to go with that. The boundless. I like that better. And to shed light, this is verse 9, and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. This is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. This is according to, the, to his eternal purpose accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Boundless riches, these boundless riches are his central message here in Ephesians 3. Like I said, Paul was completely transformed by this gospel, and Paul was willing to suffer and eventually die to tell others about this. We could list these boundless riches and still never come close to knowing all the treasures that are found and knowing him and his death and resurrection. but you guessed it, we're going to list a few. I don't have these written up there, so you have to listen. (laughs) Human beings, we have a disease. We have sin for which Jesus is the only cure. The heart can be transformed. These are the boundless riches of Jesus Christ. The heart can be transformed from one way of being to another. The mind can be renewed and old habits and patterns can be broken we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and given power to live life through all circumstances. We can become people for whom love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are gifts and traits that are acted out. The timeframe of eternity is now marked out for an endless loving relationship with one who loves us completely and always seeks our good. Relationships can be restored by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can be healed of sickness, delivered from demonic oppression. We can know what it's like to be free, loved, and accepted on the inside without needing the world around us to fill that need. We can be transformed people who help transform the world. And we can be people who carry a message of good news anywhere and everywhere. There are more examples in the Bible But this gives you an idea of just how beautiful relationship with the Father is. So think about that, though. Think about our society, our city, our town council, our workplaces, our homes, our neighborhood families. What would happen if Christ was invited by each person to live in and through them by the power of the Holy Spirit? Everything we care about would get better and better and better. Forgiveness would be the norm. Kindness and patience would manifest itself in those no longer in a hurry to take advantage of others. And I, I know this to be true because I see it all around us. I see it in my personal life. My wife, Stephanie, is the kindest person in the world. I, I don't even say that jokingly. She is quite literally the kindest person in the world. She treats everyone with love and respect, even those who don't deserve it. She literally is kindness and patience because to be married to me, you have to be. (laughs) She quite literally is kindness and patience and forgiveness is the norm. But it's not because of some self-help therapy or because she spent all this time working on that. It's because she, it's because of her relationship with God that she was able to develop that kindness. She was transformed in a moment. This message, this gift of the gospel, it transforms everything it touches. And it's the message that we've been given to take to the world. It is our, enduring message that will never fail and never come back void. Amen? Amen. Awesome. This gospel is the power of God and it's for everyone who believes in it. It truly is the heart of God revealed. This good news that we call the gospel, it transforms hearts and minds into new creations and it is the enduring, long-lasting message that we have the privilege of taking to the world. So I want to leave you with a bit of encouragement today. This comes from Hebrews, and I I don't remember, can you put the next passage up? I don't remember what the passage is. Hebrews 12. I knew that. This is from Hebrews 12.1. I want to read this to you. It says, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The gospel is enough for our times the gospel is relevant for today we can and we must become believers in its power to accomplish what the father intended the gospel of jesus christ this gift that he's given us is the greatest message we could ever hear amen i'm gonna invite the prayer teams to come forward We have uh, prayer teams who would love to pray with you, pray over you for whatever it is that you have going on inside of you. It could be a celebration, something you want to celebrate that you'd like to be prayed for with, prayed with. Could be something that you're struggling with. Whatever it is, we want to pray with you. So please come forward at the end. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to release y'all. Have a great week. Jesus, we love you. We want to know you deeper, Lord. Everything we do, every move we make is for you. It's in your name. Jesus, you're so good and faithful. And we're so grateful for your love. God, I thank you for Vertical Church. I thank you for what you're going to be doing in this building. God, I thank you for what you've done in this building. I thank you for what you've done in the old building. Lord, I thank you for the gift that Vertical Church is to Fort Branch, Indiana, to Gibson County, to Southern Indiana, Lord. And God, we pray for so much blessing, so much continued blessing. We love you and honor you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you all. We'll see you next week. Have a great one.